Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. And I hope you enjoy this new show, whether you're viewing it on the internet or listening to a podcast version of the episode. I do want to thank you for being part of my audience. You can also find links to videos or podcasts on MiamiGhostChronicles.com as well as where you can submit your story about any eerie experiences you've had, which I would love to hear about. Just go to the Submit Your Story tab. Please subscribe to our channel so that you receive notification of when we release a new show. And find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This is where I usually live stream and where I give you a behind-the-scenes look at locations where new episodes are being filmed at, I also tell you about all the interesting guests that will be appearing soon on Stories of the Supernatural. I hope you enjoy the show, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi everybody, it's Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicle Stories of the Supernatural. How is everybody doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing fantastic. And by the way, since I know everybody always asks about it, the reason why you, you might hear some chirping is that I've got a new addition to my bird family over here. You can't see them, but I've got an albino cockatiel. And you know how I am about my animals. So if you hear like a weird in the background right there, she or he, because I'm not sure what it is, is trying to talk to me. So it's not, you're not hearing things. It's not a, an EVP of a bird. It's, it's a real one. But anyway, let me tell you about not one, but the two guests that I have with me today and the first one is a gentleman by the name of William J. Hall. Now <clears throat> William is the author of the paranormal bestseller The World's Most Haunted House, The True Story of the Bridgeport Poltergeist on Lindley Street and The Haunted House Diaries and he just had a book just came out now in September called Haunted Messages okay and now he is a performing magician 25-year performing magician so he is equipped to recognize trickery and to create illusions he's also an experienced researcher of the unexplained from folklore and urban legend to fortune telling the pyramids and other mysterious tales now I also have with us Jimmy Peronito which he's co-authored books with uh, and already Jimmy had experiences in childhood and of course like a lot of the guests that I have here this instead of scaring him away created a fascination with the unexplained and in 1991 he began attending uh, classes with Ed and Lorraine Warren became a part of NESPR as a psychic photographer and he's also known as Mr. Haunted he, he really is by the way uh, he's been explaining he's been investigating the unexplained for over 30 years he's investigated hundreds of homes locations and assisted in 49 exorcisms and he's appeared on several tv shows including sightings unsolved mysteries primetime live and he was featured in the film uh with father malaki martin hostage to the devil that you can see that on netflix so anyway welcome gentlemen it is a thrill to have you both on you i imagine that you have a host of story to tell so i'm gonna ask you what i ask all my guests even though, Jimmy, we already have a giveaway with you. Hey. Let's start with you, William. What happened? Did you ever have an experience as a kid also, or was that only Jimmy? Um, no, I never had an experience as, as a child. I got into it from uh, magic. 
Okay. Uh, I started doing magic at age seven. And, uh, you know, like most, you know, we were watching In Search Of and all the mm-hmm. uh, the unexplained kind of shows. And um, and from that, I, I looked at uh, both from a debunking end to, of course, a, a fascination. And uh, that's how I got into it, is I was investigating uh, cases, not setting out to do but but, you know, I like Houdini really would would have loved to find it and wanted to find it and um right and how i got into it and then uh yeah you debunk 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 and then you get a case and you're like oh this is this is not like the others this is not a fake fortune teller this is you know this is something very different right. and that's how i got uh connected to it it was from the uh, uh from the illusionist then okay which is really interesting because i know that a lot of magicians, they they kind of like, I guess because they know how to create illusion, they understand, you know, a lot of things that look like it's paranormal are obviously illusion. So, and... Um, right. I mean, I, and, and rightfully so. I mean, um, I mean, a religion was started with, uh, with leg sounds, um, you know, with the Fox sisters. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. when you look at things like that... Um, you know, as a member of Psychic Investigation Committee, I went to tons of these people who came extremely recommended. They're the real deal and everything. Telekinesis never, ever, ever saw a legitimate uh, demonstration of that whatsoever. Um, and if you're a layman, right? Uh, it's really impossible for you to tell. You don't have that expertise. Just like for me, you said, Bill, are you an expert at mental illness, I said, well, you know, I've been around it, but I'm not a qualified person. Right. Uh, or if I'm going to look at a photo, I'm not the guy to ask, is that really a reflection or not? Granted, I've seen, you know, the experts have told me enough that I kind of, there's a lot I know now, but still, uh, I'm not an optical expert, there I judge a photo. So I, I think it's very important to bring proper professionals in. Um, but you're right, most, uh, yeah, I don't want to say I was surprised because uh, I forgot about magicians. I feared that these were my friends. And when Lindley Street came out, I was worried how they would kind of react to all that. Uh, but it wasn't as I expected. Um, you know, a lot of them read the book and said, well, you know, something happened there. Um, it was obvious not the same genre as fake seance or, you know, something like that. It wasn't, it wasn't in that realm. This was something different, an experience that you know, happened. I was surprised that uh, it was embraced. I'm sure a few probably made my back, but they probably were doing that before the book came out. So. Okay, well, and, and, and you know, you bring up, I imagine that you probably had new, uh, new other magicians who hadn't maybe had that aha moment like you had or whatever happened, which I would love to know, was it an actual paranormal experience? Was it talking to a psychic that said stuff that you knew there's no way this person knows about this? How did that come about? Um, well, I would say that the, there was one, uh, one person in the family um, years ago, not on my side, but on my, on, uh, my girlfriend's side. And um, she was uh, somebody who had some sort of, didn't do it for money, 
understanding right. readings or any. Not that I have anything against people making no, money. No, I know, I know where you're going. You know, but uh, but um, and she came and she said, um, you know, that I was in a band. Which, of course, I'm like, yeah, big deal, you know. And she said, you have an unusual set. And so I'm thinking, well, maybe they, maybe my girlfriend showed him a photo of the band, you know. Okay. And, uh, you know, she said we had a, a keyboard, guitar, bass, and drums, which was a little bit unusual. It wasn't, you know, unheard of. But, it, you know, if you were to guess at four guys in a band that, you know, that wouldn't be the traditional guitar, guitar, bass, drums. Okay. And then she said, uh, you'll have a, she said, you'll, she said, uh, you're going to have a sax player. And a, a girl singer, but, and I'm like, no way. And they said, yeah, girl singer, but, you know, just a little bit, a few songs. And I'm like, no, 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 you know. <laughs> now I knew she was, you know, way off a rocker. And she said, You're, uh, and I said, are we going to, you know, make it or what or whatever? She says, I see two paths. She says, you're either going to make it or the piano player. Um, is going to disband the group, um, and he's going to get involved in um, cocaine. Ooh. And um, so, so I heard all that, and she said some other things too. And then she said, uh, "I think she knew that me and that girl weren't going to last because." <laughs> okay. <laughs> and this was cool because. Um, you know, half of it I didn't know, and you know, and it all came true. You know, the girl drummer, the um, uh, the girl that, you know, my wishes and everything. They let her sing some songs at some gigs, and then you know, luckily that petered out. But um, uh, John's brother plays a sax, and he finally begged his way into the band, and uh, we we're glad to have him. He was you know, great great sax player too ended up being a nice addition uh and uh and uh you know uh there was uh, some coke going on and let's just say we didn't get famous <laughs> <laughs> okay so she was right <laughs> but i know what you're going with that 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 yeah that she yeah and, and i still wasn't completely convinced that was in the uh wow okay we know she's not a faker you know there's no motivation there you know so and i met her and yeah, so you know, I, I didn't think that I didn't think that there was anything um, on purpose. Um, I was convinced she may have been convincing her herself. You know, I mean, some people are just really good at certain things, or some people are good at reading people, right? Uh, which is not really an intuitive. Well, it's intuitive in a way. It is matching shape, shapes of faces, of, and, and we. And our mind goes through it until we match that with somebody we know, sure. and then we, you know, and then we make those correlations, and you know, we either like somebody instantly, or you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, we all do that. But um, you know, I thought maybe it was that, and then I thought maybe some of it was luck. But as more true, and then the final, I looked back on it and I said, this just wasn't. Oh, you got four guys in a band. I mean, this was she really saw. No, some of it. She, you could have guessed that or whatever, but it was just all too bizarre, all too accurate. And the fact that she actually, at first, didn't even want to do anything um, for quite a while until finally she said, oh, I'm in the mood, I'll, you know. Right, and I think okay, she was hesitant. So, and then, like you said, it didn't convince you, but it kind of made a dent in your disbelief, kind of, like, okay, possibly. 
How about you, Jimmy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that may be. Well, yeah, that's how it starts. And yeah, you... yeah. of course, I doubt myself too. You start doubting, you know, what exactly was said, and you know, I don't have it on recording, but you know that's what happened. Mm-hmm. But and same thing with the paranormal. Some morning you wake up and you're like, God, oh, is this you... all? There's nothing wrong with being a skeptic because I think that once you're a skeptic or you have a certain standard or threshold, once you do get that whatever the moment is or whatever evidence, you're like, okay, this is, you know, I haven't set the bar so low that anything could convince me. If this has convinced me, I know that this is genuine. Everybody could be a skeptic um, because that's how you get, that's how you eliminate the variables to know that something is, you know, paranormal or not. You know, Jimmy and I are both healthy skeptics. Yeah, I think that's the best way to be because Please. you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, because of the nature of this field, there's a lot of things there that are either totally false or are not what they appear to be. So, Jimmy, what about you? Because you mentioned in, uh, your that you had a childhood experience. What happened hey, with you? Hey, hey, Marlene. Yes. Bill's a little chatterbox tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jimmy. <laughs> I, I I love it when you're a chatterbox. Uh, so. Mar- but no, so that I, was a good story. That was great. I, yeah, I know. He knows I like when he talks. So uh, I've always had a fascination with uh, paranormal, um, unexplained mysteries, UFOs, ever since I was a kid. Right. And like Bill, Bill said, In Search Of was one of my big influences as a kid. Yes. There was one episode um, with um, Hans Holzer mm-hmm. where it was called In Search Of Ghosts. Yes. And uh, I was a little kid. And I remember I asked my mom for a flashlight. And she was, what do you need it for? I said, don't worry about it. And um, I went down the basement looking for ghosts because I thought that that's how you could find them. And uh, she, she was always reading Stephen King books, uh-huh. and like, uh, and I would pick them up right after she read them. And, um, and I did have an incident. If you want to hear the story, yeah, I, I wasn't. I don't. I don't. I don't think I was like brought up in a haunted house, but I did have a weird, weird incident that um, kind of woke me up to something weird going on here. So, um, okay. It was around seven o'clock at night. It wasn't uh, dark or anything. My mother had some friends over, and she says, "Jimmy, stay up in your room. I have friends over. You know, don't come down here." So I don't know what they were doing. Maybe they were doing coke with your uh, drummer, Bill. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they said, "Don't come down there." So I was up on my uh, in my bedroom, on, laying on my stomach on the bed, with the lights on. And I was listening to the radio. Uh, it was a baseball game, I remember. And I was just laying there. You know, no, it wasn't a scary atmosphere or anything. And my, my head, my, I was on my stomach, and my legs were bent, like over my back. So, uh, so the radio starts changing stations, and I hear it, you know, cutting in and out to different stations. And I, even as a kid, I was like, "That's weird. It must be like interference or something." And and then I look over, and it was an old, um, like a desktop radio with two dials volume and tuning right. and i could see the tuning knob going back and forth real fast by itself oh. so i i you know i did my big eyes thing like oh and then uh and then 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 all of a sudden my legs got slammed onto the bed right after i noticed the thing uh oh. you know going back and forth so i ran downstairs like my mother said not to and uh she goes jimmy get back i told her the whole story she goes jimmy get back up in bed there's no such thing as ghosts so like, wow, okay. that wasn't nice. Yeah. Well, did she ever later on tell you if she had her own experiences or did she? You know what? I tell her, 
I tell her so many stories like when I was a, I was a like I was a funny little kid, and I was I was up to something, and I always tell her these stories like, Ma, remember I did this? Remember, you know, I used to sleep in the toy box as a vampire with a cape <laughs> on, with my arms crossed, and I just you know, uh, and she doesn't remember anything. Like I said, Ma, I remember like one time we saw a UFO on the side of the highway, like during broad daylight. I said, Mom, I remember that time. So I was trying to get more details about it right. so I could tell people. And she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like she, she doesn't remember all these little things when She's I was a, a kid. She's collaborator. <laughs> she is. You know, it's because I've heard of one of two versions. One, when the kids are little, parents deny it because they're afraid of scaring their kids more. And then others genuinely have no idea. <laughs> you, know? You, you, know, you, you know when I think I scared my mother? I just remember this. Um, it was April 3rd. I don't know of what year. But uh, it was a grandfather's birthday, and he lived about an hour away. And we were just leaving the driveway, and I was little enough to sit in between my parents. I remember in the front seat, and uh, I said, and it just came out of my mouth. I didn't even think about it. It says, we're going to get robbed tonight. And my mother actually gave me a little slap in the face and said, don't talk like that. And I said, I, you know, I, said I, didn't even, I didn't even think of it. It just came out of my mouth. Right. And we never got robbed before. I don't even know where I got that idea from. And then when we got home, the the window was broken open, and um, they stole my father's guns and coin collection. Oh my god! And she'll say she doesn't remember that either. So, so maybe she blocked everything out. Let me, t- you, but that slap in the face, I'm sure. <laughs> next next time it's gonna be. Are you really? Are you my child? I don't remember having you. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Up to a certain point, you got to believe that she believed in something because if not, she wouldn't have gotten upset about it. You know, almost like a superstitious kind of thing, like you said. Yeah, it. I, I understand. Like where that come from? But my my daughter now, if my uh, if if she's a, she's a teenager, and uh, she gets a little sassy sometimes. Uh, yeah. So if if I'm yelling at her, we've had two we've had two lights like totally light bulbs like uh, what do you call it like explode Whoa. while I was yelling. And then, like uh, last time, uh, she was arguing with me. I raised my voice, and uh, you see the lights flicker. Just, Dad, stop it! So I think I, I think I got them believing something. So hopefully they'll behave. I can't imagine. <laughs> and, and really, it's really it's just your horrifying uh, singing voice. Probably. I have I, the voice of I have the voice of an angel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That's a whole different thing when you got teenagers. It's like, uh... oof. <laughs> It's like, oh, I wanted to be a parent. Remember, I wanted to be a parent. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, up. so here you guys, you you started early, Jimmy. Did you ever have any other experiences later on as maybe as an adolescent or what happened to you I, that I I was uh telling Bill one day. I said I had more experiences. Like I've literally gone to hundreds and hundreds of haunted houses, supposedly haunted houses, mm-hmm. and they were and back in the back in the 90s, they were the worst of the worst because the Warrens were the only people doing that kind of stuff, right? You know, in that capacity back then. Mm-hmm. So we were getting, we we're just taking the worst of the worst. So I seen some stuff in some houses, but I've had more experiences just on my own in my regular life, like right, seeing sh- shadow figures. Well, I don't know where they where they are. Um, seeing if I don't know if it's a spirit, a ghost, whatever. Like I've had. Um, I even saw this is creepy because it's a new thing. I was I was uh, coincidentally driving in a cemetery last year or so, and I looked in my rearview mirror and I saw like a Slender Man type, what? like a you know the, you know they talk about the Hat Man now I'm sorry yes. like the Hat Man yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, I was with my kids and and I look at my rearview mirror and it's it's you know it's a good 
100 feet away in back of me, and I see this black, tall, thin shadow, the guy with a hat on, all black, and it's walking with uh, almost like all static around it, like it wasn't defined perfectly. Yes, that's and, that's a common uh, archetype for that. And, that I didn't, and it was kind of a story new thing. Phantom messages. We got a. We got a. Uh, we got a. Well, we got a bonus case that involves uh, the black wing shadow creature and uh, and the top hat man. But that's that's cool. Did it have boots, Jimmy? Did what? Did it have hooves or boots? It was a black winged creature. No, I just made that part uh, up. Nice. But anyways, <laughs> I, I I looked to the side mirror. He's there, and he's walking at a really weird gait. Like his legs weren't. Nat, they were moving yeah. like a a person's naturally walks, oh, and wow. and then I looked in the um, other mirror to see if I was imagining it, and I saw it in the other mirror. And by the time I said, "Kids, do you see what I see?" it was gone. And, and it was really was... tall. It was like seven, seven, eight feet tall. Yeah, that's that's a you may not even know this, Jimmy, but. Uh... But that is a con- that's like a common description. But I think it's, it's so not unusual. So that's like it's like I jumped on the new bandwagon, but I really saw it. I was mad. I was like, "Why do I got to see this now?" Yeah, right. Yeah. Was there something that was going on with you? I mean, as far as why you think you saw that, Marlene, we were catching Pokemon in the cemetery. <laughs> okay. That, that's well, how. That, I don't know what to tell you. The Pokemon part is fine. Yeah. The cemetery part we, is like we, uh, we weren't doing anything creepy or searching out anything, you know. Well, was... the, the the top hat man probably said, uh, you know, I'm not going to be here. I'm not going to get here. I'm any rest with these people. Yeah, and then again, I think it's like the Truman Show, and people are just throwing stuff at us, seeing what our reaction is. Let's <laughs> let's let's give him the hat what? man. Let's it sounds like Jimmy, like you didn't right, have to go right. looking for haunted houses. The haunted came to you. And how about? For you, Bill, you're saying that 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 first incident was the one that kind of like left a question mark. What happened? Did did you have an actual experience, or again, was it that you came across somebody that was able to tell you something that you're saying no how, no way this person can notice? Well, th- that was like the first quote unquote paranormal. As far as uh, hauntings, um, uh, poltergeist and a few exorcisms ended up inevitably following and, and and that's when I saw more of, of what I would say uh, would be you know open me up to continue to search um, when I I would say the most varied of experiences although not you know not not negative or frightening or anything I would say would be haunted house diaries because that uh, farmhouse there in uh, Connecticut is uh, in a in a flap area, you know, paranormal flap area. Mm-hmm. So there's multiple houses around there that are haunted. There's UFO sightings, right? Big, and, you know, uh, it, it's just a, a paranormal circus, as uh, my buddy calls it. But um, you know, with that staying in that house uh, and the variety of incidents there which just it's like a shopping mall for the paranormal so that was a very nice efficient way to have a variety of, of things you know we uh, we had a lot of the telltale things happen you know batteries uh being ran out instantly right uh, and saw saw it looked like a hundred well i say a hundred i don't know why my head said that but a whole bunch of um, people like 
over my head. Um, and I said that, and Donna, the lady of the house, said, oh, my God, that's exactly what Paul and Ben said. Paul, Paul and Ben were there okay. uh, alternate day when I wasn't there, and they, they said they, they went to the same area, and then uh, Shane Soroy was uh, the investigation. and. Mm-hmm. Also, but I, but that that was really cool because I was wondering, you know, again, if it happens to me, I'm wondering, okay, this seems like a real experience to me, but am I hallucinating? You know, here right. I am, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to write a book and I'm doing an investigation, so, you know, am I completely objective myself? If it's just my experience, is it as real as it could be to me? It's hard to tell, but if multiple people are are confirming it then at least I say, okay, as long as we rule out the regular stuff or anything electronic or, you know, weird things that could cause us to, to, to hallucinate or, you know, anything like that, which is, you know, and you do run into that. It wasn't the case in this house. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's what's always tough if you're alone in the experience. I mean, unless it's so, unless it's so dramatic. Right. Um, and, and fits other descriptions like Jimmy's experience of Top Hat Man. I mean, that's pretty clear if you have an experience where you're like, you know, because you do get, you, you know, you end, at least I do, I end up double guessing even things that I know. It's just because, you know, the mind continually says, wow, that's far out, and you retrace your steps and you say, yeah, that's what, what happened. <laughs> Let me, have you ever had an experience like what happened to Jimmy at home? In other words, you weren't in a haunted location and you can, in other words, there weren't really any other, let's say the owners or anybody, that you ever had an experience that it's like, I'm at home and I know once you go through that filter of the possible. Right, right. Um, not, at, not at home, but um, a magician friend of mine, when we were in college, we went to... Uh, and this is one of the stories in the book, although this one I said, I don't know what it is, but I thought it was cool. Uh, most of our stories and phantom messages, you know, have witnesses and whatnot. This was me and my buddy in college, and uh, we would hang out at graveyards because we didn't like the bars, and you know, and we would practice magic and talk and, you know, all this uh-huh. stuff. And um, so one night, you know, like, hey, let's let's try to communicate with somebody here. You know, so we walked around and found an old gravestone, and you know, it's one of those ones that had the pictures of the people on it. You know, okay. Uh, you don't see that much today, but or even then, but and so it had the picture on, and it was a little girl, um, probably about I don't know, ten, twelve. She had glasses and black hair, and her name was Mary. Remember that, because that's what we call. So we, you know, we stayed around the graves, uh, great gravestone. We said, okay, how are we going to do this? And we let the radio play, uh, static. Okay. The near, near the car, and we let the static run for Jesus a long, long time, because uh, we knew that, of course, static could be interrupted and stuff. So we wanted to make sure we had nice, solid, no way in the heck that you're ever going to, you know, get a station. You mm-hmm. know, we made. The right chain. So after about 20 minutes or a half hour, because we did other stuff while we let that run, because little scientists are trying to be, and uh, and then we then we came back. And we said, okay, we got white snow for past half hour, so let's try something. And we would 
we'd say, hey, Mary, you know, let us know we're there. You know, we both said different, just whatever came to our head. And, uh, nothing happened, and, and my buddy goes, hey, let's just, let's just yell at her at the count. Of, you know, so we did it one, two, three, and we yelled. And right after we did that, the radio broke, and, um, and it was blah, 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 like that, just like unintelligible, and then went back to static. Oh. Uh, that fascinated us, and, uh, and we let it play after that, and it, it never went back to the station. And that's one of those things you say, well, you know, is that real, or is it, I'll right. tell you, the, the timing was there. Mm-hmm. It was a very brief, you know, like that. It was very, very quick, and the timing was there. You know, was it paranormal? I, I'd say... You know, you can argue either way, but sure. it's a good possibility. You know, it's uh, it's a case anyhow that made me want to pursue the paranormal more and more, you know. Absolutely, because like you said, yeah, the waters, but like, again, that, that timing thing, that's... So, and you mentioned earlier that you had also... Um, been involved in some exorcisms what did you go like as a witness were you like hey i want to see this or is this you know bs is this somebody that either mental illness or acting out did you ever have that moment that you're like god uh, a lot of times they were uh well I've, only, I've been to far less than jimmy probably about i think it was like eight or so all together but some of them were just pretty fake right away um but uh, I went as as somebody that the family brought in. So, you know, they would go and they'd try blessing. They'd try, their, you know, the therapy, different things. Right. So so I was to go in there as um, I, I can get it done. Not as a magician, but right. I, would, I would be a made-up character, whatever that happened to be, whatever I felt like, however I wanted to dress, that kind of thing. And I would go in there, and I would use magic. Uh, well, uh, carbon arrow effect is what it's commonly called now because of this TV show. And that's when you do magic, but people don't know you're doing magic. Okay. You know. What I mean? um, and uh, so I would go in there. Uh, there was a few things that I would do: fire from the hands, um, all the time. Uh, you know, commanding. Uh, I would do mumbo jumbo sayings, you know, okay. what happened to be. And now, some people uh, would say these people were faking it. Um, I don't believe that was true in those cases. And I know Jimmy said cases. That's definitely not the case. Um, the big question, is, you know, of course, at that time, I thought I was simply, um, uh, you know, snapping them up. Uh, because they believe I, I can. Okay. Uh, may be true, but what I don't know is, was I fooling an entity? Or what, you know what I mean? Was it that, or, or was okay. it the person? I know in some cases, just ignoring the person and not giving them attention and all of that, um, you, you could have them snap out of it. But obviously, in you know real cases and extreme cases, but that, that was my role was as a magician. I started getting calls uh you know my brother spends a lot of money in a fortune teller mm-hmm. you know could you come help 
or explain to him, and I said, no, I can't explain it to him, but I could show up as a psychic, and, and if I wow him and then tell him I'm fake, then it then it'll be impactful. If I just sure. go and tell him I'm a magician's fake, he's not gonna, you know. So I I would do things like that. Um, it was weird, you know. I was writing uh, in in a bunch of newspapers. I often got some kind of calls, and I was quite shocked um, to receive them. I I did it on my own through the psychic investigation committee and stuff. You know, which is magician led, but. Uh, but uh, I didn't really expect to be getting the calls um, like that. Um, you know, could you convince them, or could you do this, or uh, you think that you know maybe you you can you can solve this? Um, right, which is. But which, let cool. me tell you something. If, if that was the case, that that I can see would be a very powerful convincer, like what you just described. That after you do this, you say, look. I'm not really psychic. I'm just a magician. And this, the same, what I did, this other person could be doing to you. They're not really psychic. Right. Although sometimes it backfires because they swear you're psychic. Oh, okay. No, no really. It's, yeah, uh, I don't and, know. There's people who want to believe no matter what. Every magician has had that. I've done shows where people came up to me and said, you know, when you did this, I know that was real. And I'm like, no, no, it wasn't. And thank you, but no, they're like, you don't have to tell us. We know. Uh, you, and it's like, okay, you're giving the big secret from them. <laughs> you get that often, but if, but you would, you would get it. And inevitably, the saddest thing you'd always get a child here saying, "Could you make me walk?" Okay. That wasn't related, but just something I always think about. It's, it's always sad when that's asked. Yeah. So Jimmy, it's you know in the bio that I read, it you you obviously started doing classes with Ed and Lorraine Warren, like you said, because back then they were like one of the few I don't want to say groups that that were actually doing this, that were involved with this, and you you joined the group, and I know that they're well, let's say put it this way, the majority of their cases that have publicity are usually very dark. Um, mm. What happened? What was like the first time that you went to one of these that you were like, okay, this is, this is pretty malevolent here. This is very sinister. This is not maybe just like a regular dead well, person we, haunting. Uh, I mean, I, I, everyone has come, you know, their um, opinions on the Warrens because like, oh my God, they had all these sick cases. Mm -hmm. But like I said, they were, they, they, they would bring in their, uh, the recording machine for us every Monday to listen to all the cases that came in that okay. week. And we go through them all and decide which ones seemed like you know they needed the most help, or sure. um, if people were getting hurt, or if children were involved. And then you know, and if it wasn't too far away, and we'd pick cases that way to to uh, you know we we choose cases that way. So you know, everybody's like, oh my god, you know, you saw this and you saw that. It's like, well, yeah, they're getting the worst of the worst, and they're only people doing it. You're gonna see some stuff. But of course, when you know do a book or a movie, there right. it's embellished and stuff. And um, but I, um, uh, you know, what, what your question was. If well, I well, the thing is, and I know that sometimes publicity, like you said, maybe of all the cases that they ever handled or came across, the ones that have risen to the surface and uh, you know that the public knows about are the more horrific ones, because they just they're scarier. Uh -huh. um, 
Um, or, or were promoted better, right? Right, or they were promoted you know, that way. A I mean, lot of people say, why is Connecticut so haunted? And they name all these cases. And, <laughs> and, yeah. And, well, Connecticut, yes, it does have a lot. And, you know, I'm, there's some legitimacy to that statement. But let's, the other states didn't have that in the room. You know, so obviously you weren't hearing about as many. There were other people, but I mean, you know. And one one house, um, one house that's included uh, in our book, Phantom Messages, is uh, about the haunted cable box, which was one of the um, more interesting cases that we went to <clears throat> with a cable box that was communicating with the family. Yeah, that's a good one. You should talk about that. One. What? I gotta hear this. <laughs> no, you're gonna know. You're gonna know these stories so good you could. Be me uh, uh, as a guest. All right, all right. The mid '90s, sometime. I didn't um, There was a it's a two family house. I think they were on the first floor. Um, the family was complaining that their television was turning channels by itself. Big deal, right? Right. So, um, and, and it was uh, it happened at eleven o'clock. It it started happening at eleven o'clock on a Friday. And the, the cable box, this is back when the cable box went from only zero to 72. Right. Buckle my shoe. And then, <laughs> so then, so you have to lighten it, you have to lighten it up so people don't get too scared. So uh, it was a zero to 72 and rapid fire back and forth, you know, uh, you know, uh, down, up and down the, uh, the dial. So they said, oh, the cable must be broken tonight. Let's go to sleep. And then the next day, that, that happened at 11 p.m. At 11 a.m., the same thing happened. Started happening to their uh, their TV. So the um, the son, he was there was a 14 year old boy. He said, maybe it's cousin whoever that lived. This is from Connecticut, but they had a cousin that lived in Florida that just committed suicide um, weeks before. So he said, maybe it's cousin whoever trying to communicate with us and as soon as it did that it got it seemed like it got more frenzied the uh the cable box flipping stations so the mother suggested she was let's say that one equals a use it as a ouija board okay channel one is a and channel z is 26 so as soon as she said that it went to 25 5 then 19 which using that code spells yes so for the next hour or two, they just kept asking the TV questions, and they'd write down all the numbers and then decipher it later. And it gave them this big, long, detailed story about um, how this man uh, was killed in the apartment, and his uh, his killers were never found. He's buried down the street. Gave a social security number. He's a missing person. So the next day, the the father calls the police department and says, hey, "I got a weird story for you." But I feel bad if this really happened, and the guy, you know, is a, he said, is a, uh, his words is a soul in need. Right. So the the police officers uh, came down, and they 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 put in a report. They witnessed the cable box moving. Um, the the first I think there's two that came first, and they both witnessed it moving. I think it gave information about the officers, like their kids' names, their home telephone number, wow. and this is before internet. Uh huh. You know, if you had a. Up. They the officers went uh, upstairs. They checked. They wanted to make sure there was no hidden remotes, and they watched all the people. I mean, you know, they did their they did pretty good due diligence. 
and, and I think it also helped that they were believers, I think, to begin with. And then they, they called their captain, sergeant, whatever, to come down, who was a total non-believer. And he says, no matter what's going on here, it's I think it's that kid underneath a blanket, some other remote, you know, answering all these questions about the police officers. Um, but this thing, this this box would, um, well, I didn't get to the story. The, the person who supposedly died that is trying to communicate with them never existed. And the name they gave them never existed. The social security number never existed. There's no missing people around that area. Um, nothing matched up. So then they figured we got something else here and it's not good. Okay. But they still had parties. They had parties like, for example, they had, the guy's name was Joe. So they have Joe parties where all the neighbors would come uh, one by one into the house. And if you walked into the room, it would do, it would, uh, the channel would go to your age. Oh. <laughs> like one after another would just click 44. It said 27. You know, they just walk by. And when you leave, it blinks your age three times. Wow. So they gave it a lot of recognition. I was oh, about oh, to oh. say, when at what point did this go south? Did it ever go south that they're like? Yeah. Um, at some point, I know they started hearing whispers and stuff and seeing uh, shadow figures in the boys' room. And um, one time we were investigating, trying to get some evidence, and I was video recording in the the boys' room, and it was it wasn't pitch black because we had the hall light on, you know, so you could see better. Right. But there was a you could see like black, like swirling mists, but you can't it wouldn't capture on the the camera. Like I couldn't see it on the viewfinder, so it was getting frustrating. So then the the boy comes in. And I say he he could have done this himself. I don't know. But, you know, a lot of people fake stuff just so you keep interested in their case. Right. So, they, you know, they like even though stuff's really happening, it's like, I want you to believe me. And the 14-year-old boy came running into the room, and he goes, something just ran through my stomach. Like, what? And uh, he, he, he lifts up his shirt. There's a big, like, round burn mark, like, like bowling ball size on his stomach. Wow. And I said, what happened? He goes, this, he called it a little muscle dude. And he's like, oh. <laughs> A three feet tall. There was this little muscle dude, three oh. feet muscle dude with big pointy ears, was looking at me, and then he put his head down and charged, and went into my stomach, and he disappeared as he hit my stomach. Oh my, that's out that's there. That sounds like that the is troll out there. goblin encounter or something. We actually have a troll story in the bonus. <laughs> Holy mackerel! Yeah. Let me yeah. tell you something. That's way out so, there as yeah, far as explanations like go. Oh, and, and there's more. If you want to hear a little bit more on that one. Yeah, so and this was this was chapter. this was one of those um, cases where like I was an investigator for the Warren, so it's not my job to you know make decisions, just you know uh, observe and report when we go there and and bring it back to them. Right. So they obviously wanted us to catch something on video, so we kept going back and back and back, and then I said, you know, hey, do you guys think you could help us? Because this is going on for weeks and weeks, and we haven't gotten help yet. And I said, listen, I said, don't say anything. He said, I'm a rebel. Don't say anything. We could do try to do a little blessing of your house next week, and you know we'll try anyway. Even even the church across the street didn't want to help them. Oh. They didn't, they didn't. So we 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 uh we got like you know blessed church incense, some um, holy water, some like home exorcism prayers. Mm-hmm. And uh, and before we started, the guy said, um, he said, could I play? He had the whole Bible on tape, like cassette tapes, like <laughs> twenty of them. Okay. So he says, can I play one of these 
when you're doing your thing? And I said, of course you can. So he, he opened the clamshell case. He's like, which one do you want to hear? And I just pointed to, I think, the first one. He's like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm Jim, ex- Jimmy's like, which one's Metallica? And yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no Green Day in there? Yeah. So, so he, he put the, the, the cassette in the, the – those all stand-up rack systems, you know? And he put the tape in, and it starts playing backwards. And like I said, anything backwards sounds creepy, but it was the Bible backwards, which made it double creepy. Oh, God. So I said, take that oh, out. That's probably not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so He's like, yeah. I, I, and then I then I went into my little investigative mode. I said, let's try all the other tapes because maybe the the player's broken. So all the other tapes work fine. And I said, let's put that tape back in the original one, and it plays backwards. And I have the tape, and it still plays backwards. So and I, and I think I oh, figured it out. But and Jimmy, it, but if I but if I try to test my theory, I'd probably break the tape. So Jimmy won't let me touch it. <laughs> so then nicely so the, the cable. <laughs> The cable box seemed to, like, stop needing the box to communicate. Like, now it was in. Like, now it was in with them. It didn't need that anymore, I guess, to do what they wanted to do. Right. So so it hasn't talked in, in weeks now. It sounds weird saying the cable box hasn't talked. But anyway, oh. so that, that uh, the night we went there, the family told us that the night before we got there, it the cable box started uh, blinking again. And it spelled out "Watch out tonight." That day before we got there, so 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 that happened. We did our thing, and then I called them the next morning to see how everything was. No answer. Next day, I, I don't know. I called for a good four or five days in a row, and there's never any answer. And I, I drove down to the house and totally gone. They left. They left. They left. Yeah. They left. Something happened. Not oh. everything. Ends. Good. What a cliffhanger! <laughs> yeah, so, and I, I, did, I did try to find them on uh, the internet last year or so, and um, the, I think the, the they live in Florida. So, in other words, they went. You're saying at some point, it you know the say you know the Ouija cable box thing mm-hmm. it just got darker when they started seeing shadow figures, and then it wasn't so much fun. But then, the, yeah, their voices in their head when they were trying to go to sleep, that kind of stuff. Right. And that was everybody right. in the family being uh, affected by it. There was a um, the I remember it was mainly the fourteen-year-old uh, son. It seemed okay. centered around him. Oh, and how about this little bonus treat? Ooh. But he he he, he had this, this like, that cousin in Florida I was telling you about that he would go he would go visit him often, and and I said you know you know when you're when you're doing a case like this you're like how come all of a sudden this started happening like what. Right. Right. You always try to get what's going on in the family. And, right, know. right. Did you make a new friend? Did you put something new in the house? Like, what What? What shook the uh, recipe here? Whatever. So, um... You adopt a little... <laughs> so, this is like his fifth guys. interview. Like, we, they have a cruise go over, interview them, uh, you know, time and time again. And then finally, the father says, why don't you tell them what you wanted to tell them? So, like, ooh, we're getting something here. He's like, well... One last time I went to see whoever in Florida, we we're out skateboarding, and he says, "Come on, we're gonna do something cool." And he goes, "They went to uh, it's like a clearing in the woods, where they said they all, all these guys put robes on, and they got in a circle, and he goes, oh, a big pentagram God. in the circle, and they brought out a goat, and they oh. said they started chanting, and then someone uh, 
took a sword to the goat's head. Oh, God. And he said a, a yellow beam of light went right from where the goat was all the way up to the sky. And like they're <laughs> chanting. And then as soon as that happened, they stopped chanting. And he goes, he goes, but I wasn't involved in it. I didn't want any part of that. But he goes, that maybe has something to do with it. I don't know. <laughs> so we don't know. It's a theory. This was the cousin that committed suicide? That Yeah. Oh. I'm sure there's more to that story, too. Yeah. So, okay. So who they thought was a cousin didn't turn out to be the cousin. Turned then out to be a fictitious character that never had died, all that information. But by then it had gotten an entry. How long did that go on for before they realized, man, this is not good? Weeks? Months? How long? Well, as soon as they found out that it wasn't that man didn't exist with that right. social security number they got scared but they were still okay. curious like wow our tv's talking to us it's kind of cool yeah so uh and there yeah. could have been multiple things involved maybe the tv thing was negative but there was a bunch of other stuff coming through you know because there's so much going on there you never know you know plus always that adolescent who witnessed some type of Ritual. That's that's pretty good. That's yeah. You throw that into the mix. But this kid had. It looks like this kid has some. As I was watching the interview with the family later, mm -hmm. and he and there's a time where he just stares into the camera. Really. And it's really creepy. <laughs> I think there's something up with that kid. Oh yeah, we have some pictures uh, with that case, including the police report, which is pretty cool. It's always nice that police reports in there. And then yeah, they just leave. And it makes you wonder. This was after you did your blessing. Yeah. Uh, well, we hmm. had good hearts. We're trying to do good. Makes you wonder what was Jimmy up with has that. one of the goodest hearts I know. Well, he has a good, he has a good heart. <laughs> so, and nobody's gooder than me at English either, so I know. Let me, um, Jimmy, when, at what point did you, because like you said, you were an investigator, so you were basically going in at some point just to document, like, what, right. what, what's going on, you know, what, right. what it's, what's actually occurring. Yeah, um, by, the t by the time we got there, all the, the heavy stuff usually is gone, you know, it's like, right. the, the stuff happens all in the beginning, and then, you know, it's like, what are the odds something's going to happen when you're there for your little window of two or three hours or whatever. Right, yeah, but, um, unless you're I really mean, once, lucky. I think we we're interviewing them at the kitchen table, and the the toaster popped up. You know what I mean? Like little stuff like that. Like right. a, one one time, we're the, the 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 cable box wasn't talking anymore, so they were trying to like beg it to talk in front of us so we can get it on video because nobody ever you know, recorded it. And uh, and you hear the you hear it going clink clink clink. You could hear like clunking sounds yeah. in the box, like it was trying to do something. But it couldn't, and they did have a cable technician swap out boxes just to oh, really? see if that shook it up a little bit. And they said it did have seem to have a problem with the new box. But it does such, that's so, such I mean, a, that's, I, I'm thinking to myself of all the it, ways it, that you would think something's going to gain going, entry is through the cable. Yeah, it wasn't forward compatible, evidently. That's so. That's what we're thinking that electronics in the future are gonna. One of these electronics is gonna be like the. Uh, the miracle thing that's going to communicate with uh, yeah. the other side somehow. Yeah, I, 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 I went in on a case one time where grandma, who was deceased, was contacting the grandson through a, a phone that was totally, <gasps> you know, not connected, not, you know, like, yeah, you've, you, it had it powered up, but there was no connection. Holy mackerels. And I was well, like, and this was one of those little flip phones. 
So. Yeah, that's what phantom messages is all about, whether it's entities or yeah. uh, in part how those communications are similar and different. And, um, yeah, they're, they're quite fascinating. And, you know, to Jimmy's point, I mean, even when, uh, uh, you know, Alexander Graham Bell and, you know, all of those early inventors, um, they all thought about communicating to the dead. I mean, yes. it, a miracle. To, I mean, people actually doubted that you could talk back and forth without being in the same room. I mean, this was huge. Yes. So the, that now we were able to do this crazy communication at such an advanced level. Um, and well, and of course, his parents were spiritualists. But besides everybody, it, it went to everybody's mind. Could you know? Could this device? communicate and then when a new device comes we ask the same questions right and jim asked those questions with phantom messages hey it used to be phone calls from the dead hey mm -hmm. they texting are they emailing you know using cell phones you know what's going on hey bill hall they're doing all of that what about the um the jack freeze uh story yeah jack well that's yeah that's an email one uh what happened uh, with Jack Freeze? That was a uh, that was one of the classic cases we did. Most of our cases are never before in print. The Jack one is interesting because he um, he died quite suddenly and young. I forget his, his age, but like thirty one or something. Yeah, yeah, he was early thirties, thirty thirty two, and. Um, and uh, his loved ones began getting uh, emails from him, talking in his way. You know, when you get an email, you know, his, his kind of wording and everything. So, of course, they check and see, oh, does somebody get into his account or, or what? Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, Jimmy and I did come across there's actually services that will send communications after you die on your behalf and blah, blah. So we can... Thing. Okay. But of course, we know grandmas aren't using that service, and and Jack died suddenly. You know, we doubt that would be the case, obviously. But you know, try to be thorough. But um, so he's getting these messages, and one of the messages in particular um, was a conversation that uh, his friend had with him in the attic. He was, he was thinking about doing some renovations, and brought Jack up to show him and. Jack looks around and says, clean your effing attic. And um, so one of the emails was sent to him and says, hey, <laughs> clean your effing attic. And, and that was a shocker because that was a conversation that only they had. And, um, and it was wow. recent. You know, and it wasn't memorable. It wasn't like, oh, that's something he went around and told everybody. And that person broke into his account. And, you know, so it really right. gets weird. And then he also uh, he also predicted a um, his friend broke his ankle or something. Broken his ankle. He predicted. He warned him. One of the emails telling him to be careful. Really? Yeah. Wow. And we always think like we have a time slip section of stuff, but we always think when somebody's predicting the future, mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't know if they're actually predicting the future or are now in the future looking to the past. You know what I mean, I always, I always think that way. Yeah, you know, and in some cases it seems more apparent than others that it's one way or another. 
you know, just because it makes more sense to us that way. But I often think it could be either, right? I mean, it could be yeah. him knowing the future or it could be Jack Frost from time, maybe in a different universe or whatever, who already knows the future. And so, one of, one of yeah. the, um, the, the subjects of the emails was I'm watching you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God. And, uh, and you know, the family, you know, the family says, uh, you know, I, I think one of the friends says, yeah, I think it was Jack. And some of the family members are like, you know, we'd like to think it was him. We, you know, we don't really know, but one thing's for sure is nobody knows. And what happened? It just stopped. It eventually died out or what happened? I think after a few months, um, it stopped. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it, it did die out. Uh, the longest, um, there are some long ones that go uh, eighteen months. I think one went, one went years. Um, uh, in case, which is uh, which people have heard of, Jimmy and I did a revisit on that and got new information and an exclusive from some of the people who were there uh, that never really talked about it. So. Uh, but Dodlinson had over 300 phantom messages um, coming by com computer in in 1906, I believe it was. You know, so it, it coming by computer without any internet or anything like that. And these messages were still going back and forth, and they were in old English. No. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was really weird. I mean, they actually needed uh, uh, the guy with the... Uh, Ken, who was involved, Ken Webster, had to get a uh, his friend who was an English teacher to even decipher them. And and the responses, you know, and, and the, the teacher quickly says, this doesn't look like somebody trying to write, you know, old English. This looks like somebody Some... from that time. And and what was really weird is the, uh, the phantom messages would occur very fast after a question was asked or something. So it wasn't like somebody... Right, like, Lyle, let me look it up and I'll get back to you. Whatever. And, and it was even faster in, you know, in some of the cases, sometimes it waited and then, you know, then, then they show, it showed up or whatever. But some of them came so fast you wouldn't have even been able to type it that well, We don't think it was but um, because of what, what happens in the story. But so, And in that, there's elements of uh, poltergeist activity, even though kind of kind of hard to say. It's a I say poltergeist-like activity. I, I don't I don't think that was all there was, but it appeared to be um, just a lot of time slips happening in there. Santa messages is being um, uh, sometimes uh, incorporated into time slips, right. um, and other times. Um, you know, unknown entities, sometimes somebody you know comes to say hello or has a warning or uh, something like that. And uh, and the ones that are the weirdest, though, to me, anyhow, I don't know about you, Jimmy, are the you pick up the phone and you hear a future event. Um, like one of my favorite uh, cases was um, a guy picks up the phone and he knows it's him on a respirator and dying he oh just know you know how if you know of course if you've been around the paranormal you know, you you walk into some place and you could you could feel you can sense that kind of thing yeah when these people times of phantom message 
calls or communications, they instantly know something's wrong. I mean, come on, because if you pick up a phone, you hear respirators. I mean, that's not like the scariest no, thing in the world. No. But instead, you know, the guy gets white and, you know, it's like, oh my, he knows what it is. Let's his girlfriend hear it and Cheryl, and she knows what it is. They both know that they're hearing him die. Oh, God, that's that's kind of depressing there. I mean, think yeah, about Bill, it. Yeah, Bill, come on, man. No, but, but it's like, if if you think about it, it's like... Just kidding. Some, and, and sometimes I wonder, you know, in a lot of cases, I'm not going to... Sometimes you think, okay, sometimes it's loved ones who want us to let, you know, they communicate briefly, like, to let their family know, hey, I'm okay, whatever, you know. But sometimes I wonder about some of these cases where it's some entity using it as something to like what you descri described in that cable story where this is their point of entry to get the dialogue going and they mimic or they appear uh, very, you know, innocuous, you know, I'm just passing along some interesting information and, and then before you know it, you got a full-blown dark haunting going on you know I'm... I mean with some of these messages like the ones where you hear events uh, I'm not sure it would be interesting obviously we all love to know you know what is behind them is is it uh, somebody directing it or is it a some sort of a bleed into our universe but then why is it coming in through the phone you know so many questions I mean, there was another case where this guy's hearing metal banging and, and people's, like, a catastrophe. And this whole thing is leading up to 9-11 and um, yeah. getting these calls every day. And so you hear that, and you're like, well, what about? And, and why him? And he had, he had the, you know, he had those on the answer machine. And, and, and again, you know, family would listen to it and and I, I think one person couldn't even hear it you know and again if you if you hear these things we've all watched horror movies and you know cps you know i mean the sounds are nothing special but when you know what the sounds are instinctively oh at yes animal gut level that's that's what we're that's what we found in these phantom message calls uh and you find that of course in other areas or in where you know men in black or whatever where you see something just not quite right you know your mind because it is attuned to, to you know that's not normal or that's not a normal gate like jimmy said or that's something's off about their speech or their look or you know that kind of thing but and and, and there's a lot of similarities between phantom calls amongst whether it's unknown entity loved one mm -hmm. or aliens or you know whatever it happens to be you know there are similarities and of course there are some differences but um you know i think it's the same modality just like you know a lot of things in the paranormal which uh, did you work. did you guys run across any stories of anybody getting a phone call from a person that they knew that later on they find out that at the time of the call that person was deceased recently deceased i mean like in yeah 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 oh yeah yeah, lots of them. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, and uh, there's one. I think one of the longer cases we mentioned it. We didn't, you know, it, it might have been from the some of the more original research um, back in uh, 
from the phone calls of the dead, but I remember a case that lasted four years. And, wow. and we, do have, we do have cases that haven't been in print before that mirror this, uh, this indicator, which is interesting, where they talk together, but the minute somebody realizes that they're dead, then the call stops. So, oh, wow. Hey, okay. Uh, Jim on the phone, he's, you know, he doesn't sound good. You know, he says he needs to talk to you. And uh, so you can't get a hold of the person. So Uncle Jim calls again. Oh, yep, still sounds sick, you know. And right. then, uh, and then uh, all of a sudden you get a hold of the person, say, hey, you got to call Uncle Jim. He sounds sick, blah, blah, blah. Oh, he, he committed suicide through four days ago or you know so those kinds of, those kinds of stories uh, uh, they happen and yes. and what's really is aside from like your I, I guess it's a little bit easier in other words in these cases it's not a case of the person uh, looking for something or misinterpreting something this is something that happened without they didn't even know that there was anything paranormal involved as they had the paranormal experience. That's what's right. cool about these stories is they think they're just talking right. as normal. And, uh, and then all of a sudden they find out. We also have the living, and we also have Phantom Message living to the living, you know, where I swear I didn't make a phone call, but yet John calls back and says, Bill, I got your message. You know, that kind of. Mm -hmm. So there's all different forms of this. I don't think it has to just be the dead. Well, obviously, in the case of entities or whatever, we, I wouldn't really call them dead. But um, but um, there's all kinds of flavors of it. There was a few cases, too, where um, in family members' contact, where they said that they needed to seek permission to contact, um, but they didn't. Okay. And they didn't care about any consequences. So, I don't know. It, it was interesting. It's, that doesn't come up in, like, I would say it probably only comes up in maybe 10% of all the cases that, you know, we've seen. But uh, you hear that a few times. We needed permission. But they didn't get permission. And they, they weren't scared at all about any repercussions from it. So I, I just find that kind of... That's kind of funny, I guess. I don't know. They're kind of like, well, we're supposed to have permission, but we don't, and you know, and they don't care. Well, and it kind of makes sense where, yeah. like you said, there's, sometimes there's people playing catch up with the fact that they're they've passed away, that they're still like self-aware, and yeah. it takes a while for the reality. We want to call it like, that's it. My oh. body is like, or maybe somebody comes for them and says, hey, by the way, <laughs> and they're like, you're dead. Yeah, but you are too. Come on, let's go. Yeah, maybe they're not dead. You know, if quantum physics is right, they may not be dead at all. I think there's a Jim yeah. Bill in another universe that just sold their 500 millionth book. Imagine. Yeah. Why can't we be that one? Well, Jimmy, you got I told you we got to build that that multiple universe interface machine. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That's a mind bender when you start thinking of multiverses and you know. And like you said, the concept of what we think as dead and alive is not really, it's like dead if you want to use it because you're not on this dimension at, you know, or on this right, reality, right, yeah. but you're somewhere else just doing whatever. Well, yeah, we know in cases of, we know in cases of the living haunting the living, 
that um, that those haunts, um, I mean, the people look very much like those that we call spirits and ghosts. And so, uh, usually it's in a dream state. So the right. person haunting unbeknownst to them is there. And then some other families being haunted by them. In very rare circumstances, the two parties. And um, it's yeah. a case of being haunted the living you know so the girls have it the girl has the dream it's uh, my nightmare is i come down these steps and you guys scream all the time <laughs> you know what i mean and, and they're like yeah you come down our stairs and we scream yes <laughs> um but uh, in the two cases i know of i mean the people when they met each other it was just i mean imagine that shot and then to sit and talk and you know and then, and then, you know, the nightmare stopped. But there's a case of, okay, look, it looks like a ghost, smells like a ghost, does everything a ghost does, yet it's a living person. That tells me that there's much more to this than we know. Do you think that accounts or, for doppelgangers? Or think we, know, or think we uh, Doppelgangers, um, I think, uh, I think the, the short answer is, Yes, I would believe that if they're really doppelgangers. I do believe that because we're humans, um, a certain amount of us are made. <laughs> you want to hear a weird story about that, kind of? Yes. That uh, looks right. just like you. You know, they, they come out formed, you know, with the nose bent the same way mine is or whatever. You know, whatever. Odds are you're going to get somebody who looks like you. However, in doppelganger Experiences, then yes, I I would say I, yeah, I would bet my life on it. But my guess would be parallel universe intersect multiple universes. Oh. Jimmy, well, listen what? to this one, Bill Hall. This is another oh, one. Right. I said things happen in my regular life. Um, I was at the convenience store, and there was no other. And I didn't think it was a big deal, but I was the only car in the parking lot at the time. And there was this guy standing. In front of the, you know, the storefront, a little little guy, old, and his hair was cut so it looked like he just got a cut, like he just came out of the the barber, like it was that fresh looking, and he oh, was wearing wow. a he was wearing a, a he was wearing a suit. I said it looks like a death suit, not to be mean, but it looked like right. it looked like he should be. It looks like he was on his way to his uh, funeral, you know. It was like so um because I just thought he was so neat, like everything was like. And and the way he was standing there, I said he doesn't belong there. He doesn't. Like, he didn't acknowledge me when I walked uh, right by. It like, didn't fit. Yeah. Didn't no, fit. It, it didn't. It didn't fit. And and then I said, well, there's not even a car here. I said maybe he's waiting for somebody. He was solid. I said maybe he's waiting for somebody. I I just knew it was really significant. You know, if you see somebody just standing there, you normally don't think they're odd. You know, it's supernatural or anything. It's just a person standing there. But this guy, I got a weird feeling that he just didn't belong here, looking like that, standing there. I don't know why. So, the next, I told people about it when I got home too. I saw this guy. He didn't belong. He didn't fit here. Something was fishy. So the next day at work, I saw him come in, dressed in like sweatpants and a shirt, but his hair was. Um, he had like you know the hair that's like going bald on top and then you yeah. know, a little white on it. His he he had the same hair, but it wasn't clean. It wasn't like trimmed really neatly like it was yesterday. Right. It's like, oh. and it was just all. It's like he just did a bunch of yard work and he came shopping. 
So I saw him. I said, now this is too coincidental. Am I supposed to, you know, am I supposed to say something to him? Do I have a message for I felt like I didn't have anything to say and I needed to. So I was just staring at him. I said, maybe he'll look back at me. And he didn't. And and I took a picture with my phone. I have this picture somewhere on my phone. And, uh, and like in my just intuition or whatever, I'm making sense out of it. I, I, feel like he's gonna die that's that's the right. whole idea i get out of the thing right that's what i thought of immediately when you said yeah, that was you were seeing but i mean is it my job to tell him you're gonna die no, like absolutely. i don't i really felt like there's something that wasn't said that i'm supposed to say to the guy even if i just said hi or something yeah i didn't know so if i see the you guy again i saw you in, in... yeah <laughs> i saw you yeah but your hair was perfect and now it's even longer how do you explain that sir yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were dressed for your funeral yesterday. Now you're not. Why you're not? Around like a little gentleman. I don't know. Right, like he had his nice suit that they but, put for burial, and they cut his hair at the mortuary at the funeral home. You know, make him look and all it nice. Grew and back and looked a little curlier the next day. It didn't make sense. Uh, uh, you know, I'll tell you that would have been. I'm sure you couldn't have, but it would have been cool to find out who he was, so we can follow him around until he croaks. <laughs> I don't. If you guys have a suggestion. If I see him again, what to say? I mean, if I just said hi to him and see what he says, maybe he has a, uh, you know, maybe he has something that'll he'll tell me that'll change the world. I have this last secret I have to tell someone that will save yeah, the world. He's, he's, I don't he's know. Gonna t- he's gonna tell you you're the same guy I saw in like a black funeral suit the day uh, day ago. Oh, you're Are gonna see me in an empty parking lot in a. In a little, like, what was it that you said, 7-Eleven or a little quick shop? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very significant there. <laughs> I'm not like, talking to anybody in a black suit in the convenience store anymore. He was, he was like a black-eyed children, but like a, a, a black-eyed old man. So we could have a whole... Yeah. That could be book three, Bill. Yeah. That's... Uh... <laughs> but Jet's a really great story with you. The next day you see the guy, but it's like, duh, no. That's the yeah. dead view, and this is your the live view. Wow. Yeah, and how do you tell somebody? By the way. Hey, dead. Dead, dead. You know, has your life insurance up to date? No, it's <laughs> Let me ask you something, Jimmy. At some point, I don't know when. It's, it, but you know, and, and like you said, unfortunately, there's no way for you to ever find out. This guy, you know, die that same day, the next day, the next week, and it'd be like, okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, Jimmy, you should ask him his name, and if he asks why you want to know my name, say because I saw you yesterday in the funeral suit, so I want to track when you died. Well, you know, you know yeah. somehow, really I don't know, that wouldn't go over well. Like, sure. <laughs> yeah. I cannot see that going over well at all. At all. That would be like... <laughs> I was like, did you have a black suit? Or can yeah, you imagine if he tells you, hey, yeah, my twin brother just passed away. I just came from the funeral. Yeah, yeah that's what some people are saying. I mean, you never know. It was, it was just it was a hell of a coincidence. Whatever it was, it wasn't didn't fit. It just felt wrong. You should have so, captured it, Jimmy, for questioning. I think I crossed over to another dimension. <laughs> Let me tell you. But that is such an unspooky place to see you. <laughs> exactly. That's why it wasn't a creepy situation I made into a creepy situation. But, you know, I'd probably be like, Exactly. Like, what did he wander away from home? You know, did he get out? You know, what is he doing here in a suit and like? <laughs> yeah, he was just standing there looking at nothing. That was weird. He was like, yeah. he was faced at an angle, like he's not looking for a ride. He's not looking at the wall. He was just looking at. There was nothing there. 
just a really weird situation. Did he have one of those fixed eyes, no no affect look on his face? He, it looks like he was just a, a cardboard cutout yes. standing there. Like, I've, I, I know what you're talking about. That yeah. if you tried to do it, if a live person tried to do that, they couldn't pull it off. Right, right, right. Yeah. Whatever he was doing, if he was trying to creep me out, he did it. <laughs> yeah. Did, uh, did he have his mouth open, or was it like stitched closed or something? Uh, I don't think it was stitched. He just well, had you, a, you wouldn't see the stitches anyhow. But yeah, he, he had no expression at all. Right. That's the uh, that's the scary part. The no expression, yeah. like and no I, and expression. And like, and like maybe the thing that I what made me think it was weird is like maybe he did some kind of facial thing that my I didn't see but my brain said that doesn't make sense. like maybe he didn't blink for two minutes and my brain said <laughs> yeah, something's wrong part. about that guy you know me something something odd yeah yeah. Um, yeah that's what I'm saying that even even if you're one of you know these street performers that don't move you can't if you're alive you can't pull it off which is the no no expression no blinking no nothing so yeah you're probably your mind was going what that's that's that, that, that guy's not alive. But let me ask something, Jimmy. Have you, obviously you've gone through different, you know, as an investigator, did you ever go on a case where you said, you know what, I want to leave. <laughs> this is, this is, this is too real for me. This is too haunted. Where you needed, where you felt No, like... never. You know, you know what, you never, I guess you never know until you're in a situation to see if you're a runner or a stayer. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, no, we're um, matter of fact, one house where um, uh, I'll, I'll condense this. This woman kept say, saying she saw shadow figures in her house, and it was also a house where the, it was um, hiding objects in her house, and she find them all around the house, stacked up behind couches, behind uh, in the closet. Um, she found all these weird items stacked up all the time. Uh, okay. One time, her. Her little three or four year old kid had every toy in his whole room and toy box stacked on top of him while he was sleeping in bed, and it wasn't like five; it was like you know, a tower of toys on top of him, okay. which pretty impossible for him to do. But anyways, he said he used to say he'd uh, the little boy that was kind of mean to him used to visit him in his bedroom and scratch him and beat him up. Anyway, so that's the house. So the woman kept saying she sees the shadow figure a lot, and while she's talking to us, she's screaming, crying. She's pointing at it here and there, and, and she says, don't you see it? We're like, no. And imagine to her, if she's telling the truth, how frustrating it is that yeah. she sees it right in front of it and we can't see it. So um, after a while, we said, you know, maybe she's just ill. So she goes, okay. it just we're ready to pack it up. Uh, you know, we're, we're ready to pack up. And she goes, it just went into the bedroom. So we even flicked the hall light on so we have some kind of light, looked into the bedroom, and you could see a shadow person, oh. like a foot out of the wall, six-foot slender man. And oh. he was just standing there. And even, like you said, we were talking about before, how do you know something's not just – we're like, this can't be real. You know, this can't I – mean, it doesn't make sense. Uh -huh. So we're even, we're even moving the door, moving stuff in the room to try to play with the shadows to see what's creating it. And we couldn't – we couldn't interact with a shadow at all. It was just by itself, you know? And uh, so because we didn't believe her, I left all the equipment in the other room where we were interviewing her in. So it was me and my friend Rick were just staring at the thing. And I was like, Rick, do I go back and get a camera so I could capture this? Because when I turn around, I might just disappear. I'll never see something like this again. Right. Or just stand here and watch it. And hopefully people believe us, you know? And 
He goes, well, let's just go up and try to touch it. <laughs> so it's like that. I swear, so, that sounds like something from the opening scenes of Ghostbuster. Well, yeah. What do I do now? Yeah, yeah. So I say <laughs> it was like probably kids. You know, that's what we do. I'll poke it. I'm trying to think. I'm thinking it looks like like seven or eight feet away, something like that. So we we took like one step and a half, and the thing turned to its right, and it was it was in the corner of the room. So it took a step to its right, and then kind of went into the wall. And then I, I even ran around to the uh, other side of the wall, like I was outside in the hallway to see if he came out the other way. Uh-huh. But it, it, it didn't. So we don't know. Well, I don't know what that is. Wow. It could, be, you know, you could put names on it, but who really knows what something like that is? And she was seeing it all over the place, or was it only in that one room? All over the house. And what happened? Well, like when I was saying, when I was a kid, anything that was uh, odd. Is a ghost like you know? If an orange falls off the table, a ghost. Because there's no other explanation. If a book flies, even if a book flew across the room twenty feet, it's a ghost. It's a dead person. Like why does it have to be a dead person all the time that does this stuff? So um, we just didn't know how to explain that whatever that was. And um, that house there was also a house where too much stuff was happening, and they were uh, paying month to month. Okay. So they said, well, you know, we're. we're leaving at the end of the month, so if you guys want to do any kind of experimentation, you know, sometimes you're not going to do something in somebody's house that's irresponsible. Right. But they, she kind of said, you know, we're not going to, we're leaving soon, so if you guys want to experiment with any stuff or, you know, try stuff in here, you're welcome to. So she kind of gave us run of the place for the last week, and um, kind of had a weird thing happen, I guess. Which is the sneakers, Bill. <laughs> yeah. This is. The- uh... And this is all in the book in detail. It's it's a great case. This bonus chapters in there. Yeah, there are bonus treats in there. Yeah, bonus chapters as well as. So, this is uh, okay. The the woman I think was uh, uh twenty one. She was very young, and she had a I think her son was three or so, and she'd uh, bake a lot. She'd bake muffins and cookies, and she put them on top of the uh, refrigerator way in the back. So there's no way the kid could climb up there and get them okay. unless he had a ladder or something so she'd come home they go shopping or go out or whatever when they, and when she went to get the cookies they were just gone and she knows the kid can't the kid can't get to them and, then, right. and she's like, maybe a neighbor's stealing them or something going in. so then like days later they'd find the cookies stacked up in one of the closets in the kitchen like nobody ate them or in another room then um, the muffins one one day the um, they, they had friends over and the little boy was um, came into the room like they could tell he was terrified I'm like what's wrong and he he didn't even speak he just brought them over to the living room and points in the back of the couch like shaking because it's really odd to see a whole stack of muffins in the back of your couch for no reason whatsoever it's kind of you know odd looking uh huh so that kind of stuff was happening. So they were a young couple. Like I said she was only 21 or so. Okay. And so her mother would come stay with her a lot just uh, at night. She got scared and her, her boyfriend was working. Okay. So, so the boy had these little blinking sneakers that light up when you walk. Yeah, I know which, what you're talking about. Yeah, so the, um, the, uh, the mother said she was walking down the hallway and she could see the sneakers walking. By themselves in the boy's room, oh, and then she, she, when she looked at them, they just stopped. Like you caught me. So, 
So then she goes, and they'd also blink at her. She said they, they used to mock her. I said, what do you mean by mocking? Hello? That's... And um, so I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, I'd, I'd look down the hall at them, and then they'd start blinking at me, and they only do it when I look at them. Well, so it's kind of low. Yeah, I said, I, so I was thinking the battery. Saying, you got any cookies? I said, is the battery's low or the, you know, the vibration or, you know. I was trying to explain it to her so she wasn't so scared. Well, you, it, I, it's almost, I want to say, you saw that shadow, but then at the same time, some of this thing sounds almost like mischievous, like a kid. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you're saying if this place, maybe a lot of people live there because if they were like on a month to month, I wonder if it had a long history of renters. Maybe. I mean, it, who knows what their history Actually, was. Actually, they're going to feature this house on um, one of these uh, Halloween episodes. Oh, really? Of um, I can't remember what show it was back then, but they wanted to do a whole overnight investigation, Halloween night, and the um, the, the landlord wanted $100,000. And you know these people don't have that kind of budget, but yeah. he wants that a hundred thousand. He says my house isn't going to be worth anything after this, and he doesn't understand. No, they go up. Exactly. You know, when places are haunted. So um, we'll find a tenant that's going to take the place for far more just because it's haunted. Yeah. 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 So then, so she left the sneakers. They, they moved everything out of the house except the sneakers. And I said, how come you're not taking the sneakers? She told me the whole story. So I, I set them up on, on a shelf. And um, with a video camera on him, it's the only thing I could do. I didn't have any, I didn't have any uh, props or anything really. So I said, let's just sit them up there and let's see if they blink. And I had the camera on them, and they're not doing anything. So then I said, wait. I said, all this stuff seems to happen when nobody's home, like when they go away. Right. The muffins, the cookies, uh, the other stuff too. But so I said, let's go downstairs, and then come back up. So we went downstairs. Okay, we're going now. <laughs> And then you we can't we, see that we're just fooling. Yeah. So then when we come back up the stairs, we look at them. They're, they're in the same spot. And uh, we just think it didn't do anything. But then when we rewound the tape, the uh, as soon as we walk down the stairs, they're just blinking the whole time back and forth like they're talking to each other, you know? What? Then, um, they so they moved out at the end of the month. But the coolest story ever is a, a mutual friend, uh, a friend of mine, has a friend that lives uh, on the floor above them. Okay. And she said there's a new guy that lives in that apartment, and he keeps the cigarettes in the refrigerator. I guess supposed to keep them fresh or something. Okay. And she goes, he keeps coming home, and the cigarettes are missing. Oh. So I want to go so bad and tell him to check in the closets and back of the yeah, couch. Yeah, it's behind the couch. But... <sighs> That is, because I was about to say, you know, I was I was gonna say, does it follow her? Is she really the agent behind this? I'm not saying intentionally, but was it, was it yeah, her? That, but no, apparently it's like the something house. there. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it's, uh, it's the area. Yeah. Yeah, but she really didn't have anything before either. Yeah, and hope. Well, so at least nobody that wanted part. to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I, I think some things happen depending on who's there. Some people, for some reason, yeah. just stir things up. Oh, and then yeah. other times, some people, it's really minimal where they ignore it. And then there's people that things happen to, they just never decide to tell anybody anything. And they just quickly move away. It's like, I'm gone. See ya. Right, right. Nobody's ever the wiser as to, hey. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I would probably do the same thing. I know that, and I guess it's different. Um, if you can, I would say, but 
some people, you know, I know depending if you own the house and right, right. I know some people like they'll say they will be living years in a certain house and nothing ever happens. And then all of a sudden things right. start happening. And then usually, like you said, there's some type of trigger event or something going on mm. that that's the point of origin. Either they were at a place they shouldn't have been or got involved doing something and then it takes off from there. Yeah. Or, and I, I don't know if you've, uh, where you have an attachment to an object that they bring into the house, mm-hmm. you know, I think that can happen as well. That that account. That's why I tell somebody, say, you know what? With all these things with garage sales and curbside pickups, you got to be careful what you bring home. <laughs> I got a yeah, great they... guest for you. Who? Who? Oh no, I got I have a great guest for you. A guy that I uh, talked to. Um, he he works at the um, antique, the haunted. It's like a haunted antique museum in England. It's the first one of its kind. Okay. It's open oh. to the public. Okay. And he collects, he purposely collects um, haunted objects, and he lives by himself. <laughs> and he, and he, and he uh, you know, documents Obviously. their... Obviously. No. <laughs> yeah. No, it's kind of a sad story. It's, I was waiting for the, you know, I just wanted to, to hear his cool stories. Because he, yeah. All the items had a cool story behind them. And I, I like to be backstory, you know, why something is considered haunted. And I just wanted to hear those, but you know, he, um, his uh, parents both died when he was a teenager, one even younger, I think. And so wow. he's only he's only eighteen, living by himself. Wow. And he said, I just wanted somebody to talk to, and I was trying to communicate with my, you know, parents with a Ouija board. And he says they kind of keep me company and stuff. So it's a little, a little creepy, but yeah. it's a, it's some good stories anyway. No, I'm sure, I'm sure. The thing is, of course, you never know who you're communicating with exactly who's who's like it's like okay you feel lonely don't worry i'll 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 pretend i'm mommy and daddy i like i'm not gonna argue with him until no of course he's he's talking on the ceiling backwards latin or something you know everything's fine you know (laughs) if that happens then we get the video camera yeah (laughs) you know what I, i i don't know but from what i've seen a lot of those people that do keep things does he live there or is he is it is it how's there separate from where he lives at? Oh, he 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 works at the uh, antique place, and he also um, collects objects himself. Oh, let's see, that's. And, and a, mm, let me tell you something. When you're in cl- that even that close proximity, I don't I don't know. I have a feeling that that usually isn't is not really good <laughs> either. Yeah, a little small environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh, it's like okay, all right. No, and I, also, I don't know. Again, that, he, that, that can get he, dark real He's really 18, easy. and I think of, I would, I think of the things you did when you are 18 and you weren't worried about, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, so. I hate to say it, uh, but I think that it, in a way he's kind of vulnerable uh, yeah, at a physical very... level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope, hopefully he skates by, but we, you know, yeah, never know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, hopefully, yeah. Some people, I hate to say it, but some people, maybe it's because of what you said that he lost his parents. They want so desperately to have some proof of the afterlife that yeah. they get more than what they bargained for. And then later on, yes. it's a big giant yeah, well nightmare. Said. Because, you know, there's no escaping it. But anyway, gentlemen, thank you so much for the time you've spent. I have absolutely loved And I know you all have such great stories. Even the, oh, even the oh, ones oh, that oh, are, oh, don't oh. make it to the books. Because oh, those are the oh, ones that I like. Good time. Yeah, of course. Yes, we do. So let me, uh, um, uh, Bill, if, what, what is your website? If you could give it out for my uh, podcast. Yeah, listeners. we have uh, launch packages with signed books and uh, extra treats okay. and collectibles that will last forever. Uh, that's at Hall, 
of the paranormal.com. That's H A L L mm-hmm. of the paranormal.com. That's uh, that's where we have our Santa messages uh, autographed by Jimmy and I made out personally uh, to you. And okay. uh, the mortgage companies would appreciate if you would order one. So. <laughs> and in bookstores, it's all over the place. Yeah, Amazon. It's all over the place. Yeah, okay, like but they won't be signed personally, Bill. Right. And, uh, Jimmy, do you have any website in particular besides that one that you wanted to share? No, no, That's we're having everybody check that one out, yeah. Okay, guys, thank you. I'm going to be looking it up. And do you have any, are you working on any book that will be out in the future? Heck, yeah. Oh, yeah, actually. It's, cre- it's going to be the creepiest one ever. <laughs> well, let me ask you now because we're getting close. What are you guys doing for Halloween? Ah. <sighs> Oh, what are we doing, Jimmy? We, we got a couple we, we of... Got, we actually got a book more stuff for October. We we have a couple of library lectures around Halloween, oh, and yeah. I have a Evening with Annabelle event. And yeah. Halloween, hopefully go trick-and-treat with the kids. That's what I. That's what Halloween's okay, yeah. for. Yeah, I know. That's why I was asking. I thought you might, uh, you know, it's... What is it? It's... Uh, and I say this, I know that now because Halloween, you know, of course, scary and with everything with the paranormal shows, but I tell everybody, God, I remember when Halloween was so great for kids and even as a teenager I mean I loved it, it, it I guess what I'm trying to say oh, yeah. it, it wasn't so much about staying safe as it is now like everybody's yeah. so scared that they have events and kids don't go out trick-or-treating and dressing up and trunk or treat you know it was like you just had a good and, time and, and and you know what's really weird is it is uh, no one has ever had a uh, razor blade in an apple I know it's, never, it's an urban legend it's God. never happened Yes, and it's yeah, like, but, but but let me tell you, it's a pretty potent one because that's like nobody wants them. So, but you know, but the point is, it's really weird because that is such. I mean, I used to think that that, you know, why else would they say check the candy if it wasn't a rampant thing that happened? They exactly. actually have they have no cases of tainted candy except where it was somebody trying to, you know, like a, a husband trying to kill a wife. God. He wiped the husband but there's a few cases with tainted candy that had to do with that but um, now maybe that's changed since i looked it up but i w- i was surprised to see that that was an urban legend and never really happened right. i think it was it was a way for us parents to take the good candy that's but, you, but still it's like i don't i don't know i just they've they've tried to make not, nothing wrong with being safe but it's the halloween scary. they've taken the fun out of it you know it's well, it's it is scary because well, it's scarier now because urban legend or not, we right. we know all the stuff that's happened and crap that's happened and you know. Yeah. So. But, but you would see more kids out on the streets, all ages, and you know it was a. It now they crowded. have like I mean I what I mean is going house to house versus now they have these events like oh take your kids here we're right. safe. <laughs> it's like oh. And they're like yeah, but we didn't get a big bag of candy. I know. It's so different. But anyway, guys, thank you so much. And I wish you the best thank of luck you. on this existing project and new projects. And I hope you'll come back in the future and we can talk about some of more of your great stories. They're fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. Oh, guys. Wow. Weren't they great? And we only touched on a little bit. This is their last book that just came out September now of 2018, Haunted. I mean, Phantom Messages. And you know what? They're absolutely true. I mean, of course, since the inception, way, what, turn of the century of, not this century, but obviously the last one, where 
they were coming up with um, the phone and all that. Even since then, you always had these ghost stories about people getting phantom calls, you know, where the phone would ring and it would, you know, because of course this was the, these early, early ones, this was way before, you know, you know, you couldn't trace back the call, but you would have the voice of somebody that was deceased or that last message. So this has been around for a long time, what they were talking about as far as that age of where people were able to um, communicate through the air, for lack of a better word, because that's really the understanding. Uh, and sometimes people, number one, knew right away they were getting a call from somebody that was dead or what we talked about where they talked they actually would have a conversation with somebody that they thought was alive that's how real it was it was a conversation and then later on they come to find out that this person had recently passed away and in some cases it was somebody they knew and in some cases which I think was it would be from somebody that they hadn't heard from in a while and they were really surprised that they would be getting this call from this person. And they would have, you know, the usual conversation people have that haven't talked to each other. Oh, how are you doing? You know, and this person's like basically saying yes, yes. And then later on, they find out that at that time that they were having that conversation, this person had died. So I guess the point is, you know, contrary to what a lot of people believe, uh, that kind of electronic phenomena as far as phantom messages has been around for quite a while, at least 100 years. Okay, and it's and it's probably going to continue, I think. Um, I know there's, if you think about it, yeah, there's ways that people can fake things. But at the same time, there's sometimes there's circumstances that it's like this is not fake, especially when people get some type of a communication, like what they were saying. Let's say email. Let's not say the phone call, email or something from somebody at a time that they had passed away um and i know sometimes there's programs that can stagger you know like or that you know you can uh, date let's say an email to go out at a future date but sometimes there's things that happen that that rules that out totally and then we come on to something that i wish we could have talked about a little bit more but i think they kind of both were on the same page with this that even then you have to be really careful because in a lot of instances a lot of the stories even these really old ones whether they're when I say modern or back a uh, you know 70 or 80 years ago when you know more and more people were getting phones installed in their houses you know and there, there was party lines that's another thing that way back then sometimes you had to be careful with party lines where you have more than one person that could pick up the phone but where yeah, you would get that call from that person who had just died. And maybe that happened once and then that was it. That was like, that was like, wow, I, I didn't realize. Or, you know, basically it was that departed person trying to tell you I'm okay. I've, or I've, I'm on my way that, or the equivalent of a crisis apparition or, you know, I've died and you know, you're seeing this person in spirit form because maybe they're another part of the world. And that's it. You get maybe one, two, and then that person's gone. They, they've moved on to where the thing is something similar to what they were describing about that cable box, which that's way out there. But I do remember, I remember when it, 
you know, if you had cable, that's how you got your cable. You had a cable box, you know, no Wi-Fi connection, none of that. Um, <clears throat> where you have maybe a dark entity, that this is how they gain a foothold. And if you listen to the story, what he's saying, all of a sudden they have a 14-year-old in the house, which just so happens that they had a family member who committed suicide. And that 14-year-old, though, when visiting Florida, had attended, which, by the way, that sometimes that's all it is. That's all that's necessary. What sounded like either satanic rites or some type of really dark ritual, because whenever you're talking bloodletting or killing an animal sacrifice, that's not good. But anyway, was that the point of entry? That happens a lot, more than people think. That it decided to use a cable box, that one's like way out there. But think about it. And I've heard this very often, that a lot of times these things introduce themselves very innocuously. Like how unthreatening could it be a cable box? You know, that basically right away they caught on. It's like, you know, 1 through 26 for each letter of the alphabet and then gives out numbers and then you just spell out, which is more or less like an electronic Ouija board. Once and then later on it jumped into shadow figures and a 14-year-old saying that he's getting rammed by a muscle-bound, pointed-eared something. Okay, we're talking here non-human. Now, this thing went from... And, oh, and before that, that, that uh, which I hear that a lot, that when people do the Ouija board, they, they get a hold of who of a certain person who identifies themselves as so-and-so and gives this really elaborate story about who they are. And same thing, murder. Uh, that, but there's so many details that people think this is a real entity. This is a real person. They're trying to have their story told because they got killed and nobody's none the wiser. And it turns out it's all a hoax. And then you say, well, why would an entity do this? If, let's say, in this case, where it's all totally false once they checked it out, what other reason could there be except they were trying to gain entry to increase that dialogue? You know, that acceptance. And this is, and I've talked about in other shows, and almost like the invite, okay? It's almost like that knock on the door. And, of course, you know, you open it and... I want to say it's almost like an extended invite where maybe at the beginning you're not sure, but then the more you interact with it, and we're going to use the word it because it sounded like it was an it, it's almost like you cement that invitation. And once that door is open, then it just, it's like, okay, I don't have to use a cable box anymore. Okay. Uh, now I'm in here and I'm going to do what I want. And it, I'm not surprised either that there was an adolescent in the house and there was probably maybe other dynamics, but yeah, I've heard of a variation of that as being a point of entry a lot of times for, uh, I want to say dark. And again, the difference being that when it's usually, let's say a deceased family member saying a last goodbye or a friend, they don't stick around. They don't keep doing that, that back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, no matter how innocent or unthreatening 
the communications initially are or who they portray themselves to be. Let's say once they, you figure out it's not grandma or uncle or cousin or you're your friend. Okay, there's always, I hate to say it, more, more oft times than not, it's a sinister intent behind it. And then that's it. Good luck on closing and putting that genie back in the bottle. Very difficult not to. And of course, they, they, they the person, the family disappeared. Okay, after ha it's like, what happened? That I think is, makes you wonder. We decided to leave from one day to the next. Was it that blessing? that he did that drove them out was there something that maybe was trying to get attached or was attached to that adolescent that all of a sudden living in that house that had been blessed made it in unlivable anymore and it was like hey let's go you know was there some type of oppression on all the family members that from one day to the next they decided we're out of here this place is sanctified we're gone I mean, we could guess all night about that one. But anyway, guys, I hope you liked the show. I thought it was great. I'm hoping to bring back Jimmy uh, and William or Bill <clears throat> because I'm sure they've got plenty of stories and more books. And they they have more than one books. I'm sure you've seen there some of the different books. Plus, anyway, I'm going to have the links to their website on the credits of the show. So please make sure to check them out. And that book absolutely sounds fascinating, especially for Halloween reading because... Um, Halloween is still one of my favorite um, holidays. I just have a lot of good memories attached to it. You know, despite what people think that there's nothing dark or anything, it's just that I, I want to say that for me, Halloween was a time when there w it was it was just a fun time. It was I had I have good good memories, and it was uh, even at school. You know, I would remember when the teachers would decorate and. Um, <clears throat> you know, you would get your costume together. And I want to say that, yeah, costumes were important, but it wasn't, you know, when they had those plastic masks with a with a rubber band in the back. It was a very, uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. And, of course, it was about the candy and, and all those things and um, going through your neighborhoods. And, you know, that's why, I don't know, I think it's become, I want to say that, it's become more people have made it like a sinister thing like he said about that thing with a with a razor blade and the apple and a lot of fear around it and it's like you know unless you're having to go trick-or-treating in a really neighborhood that you shouldn't I think we need to do that more often like get out of the house and have our kids like go door to door if you're a teenager and you can go alone and just go and say hello and meet people maybe on three blocks over you've never met <clears throat> by the way I'm talking about Besides, you know, a lot of people Halloween parties, which is what a lot of people do, which you have a lot of good times there as well. But anyway, guys, have, um, well, probably, I'm not, I don't think you're going to be hearing the show by the time Halloween rolls around. But anyway, happy Halloween for those of you uh, who do hear the show before then. Happy Halloween. And please subscribe to the channel. That way you get notified when I release a new show, whether it's on YouTube or any of the podcast platforms. It's a Stitcher, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Podcasts, CastBox. I'm on all of those. Uh, Spreaker. And, um, you know, and again, if you... Uh, I Oh, before I forget, uh, I've had a lot of people 
that even though I've asked my true believers to um, to send me their stories, I've had some of them that say, oh, I just have a question. I really don't have a story, but could you, you know, could you address it? And sometimes what I do is I, I, I look up, you know, some type of question that I get a, something like it from a lot of different people that basically they're asking the same thing. And so anyway, guys, one of the questions that has come up quite a lot, uh, more or less uh, a version of it is some people have asked, you know, when I used to do my hypnotherapy, um, especially when people used to come for, um, let's say past life regression. And there was some question as in, did it, did it help people? You know, was like, did I believe in past life regressions? Did I believe in reincarnation, which is the idea behind. And you know what? You know what? The human mind is incredible as to the things that it could come up with, especially out of your subconscious mind. And like I said, a lot of times I would have people come and do past life regressions. And I want to say that 90% of them usually regress to something that they never expected to be regressed to. In other words, you know, people sometimes have these ideas uh, about certain cities, time periods, whatever, that they were like, oh, I know I must have lived back then. So they had these expectations set up. And of course, as a hypnotist, you don't give any you don't word it to tell them to go back to a certain time period. The thing is for them to just see what's most appropriate for them. And like I said, 90% of the times what people would see as far as when they were regressed had nothing whatsoever to do with what they expected to see. Uh, and one of the things that I would tell them is that doesn't mean that you did not have a lifetime during that particular time. But the question usually that we ask as far as the subconscious mind and is what's the best, most appropriate thing for them to see at that time, okay? And sometimes what they saw would be the most appropriate thing. And I did have, I would say more than 50% of people who once we discussed, because like I said, you remember everything, that they would be like totally like flabbergasted that they had actually had this experience and how real it was and when they saw themselves and they couldn't understand, wow, I never hadn't felt any connection with this. Um, a lot of them would follow up because, you know, I would, re I would record the, um, the hypnosis session and they would keep the, in other words, they could review the MP3, even though they were aware of it, that, you know, sometimes when you go back and you listen to it and I had some of them later on understand why they, had that experience when they had in other words why they saw that life at that time what the message was for because at the beginning they were just taking it at face value as in um you know oh, why am i seeing myself as a soldier that got killed for example especially let's say if you're a woman whatever you know that they, they, they just couldn't understand like i never understood i, I don't i don't understand why then later on, sometimes something would come around that would make them understand why they saw that. Okay. So as far as in seeing the benefits of it, yes, I did see the benefits of it. Like I said, whether it's real or whether it's not, or whether it's your subconscious mind 
pulling and, and a lot of people would say I have I don't have no familiarity at all with this at all okay and they you know some of the descriptions that they had of what they saw and smelled and even when they saw themselves looking totally unlike what they perceive themselves as even another sex and then one of the questions that I have that comes in that which is um, that if you have a spiritual attachment okay every once in a while if it's deeply embedded you are enduring that past life regression you're actually experiencing wow this is let me I'm trying to give the condensed answer on this basically you what you're experiencing is the life or you're seeing not experience well when I say experiencing it's because under the hypnotic state you kind of relive it it's more than just a move the life of that attachment that you have okay and I'm going to do a complete show about that where sometimes uh, that's as a matter of fact a lot of people sometimes they become aware of the attachment especially if it's not malevolent when they have a past life what they think is a past life regression and it turns out what they are actually seeing is the lifetime of that attachment that they have and then they realize that wasn't me this is so and so and so and so is with me so yeah the uh like i said this is i'm just giving a very condensed answer to that question but yes that i believe in it yes i do believe in it and i do and i have seen positive results um for people that something just if it's a fear of phobia sometimes is explained and sometimes over little by little things become clear and like I said I've had people contact me back sometimes even weeks later and tell me I understand now why I saw that I get it now and and you know they would tell me a story as to why what they saw what the reason was and sometimes it it's even something that would be happening to them very shortly thereafter having that regression regression session which then we get into like that time is not linear the way we see it um, in other words that their subconscious at some point was aware where the significance of viewing that lifetime that significance was gonna be significant maybe in a few days or a few weeks okay so yes for all of you and then like I said I'm gonna do a show about attachments and past life regressions and differentiate differentiating the two and the facts that sometimes you even carry spiritual spiritual attachments with you even from past lives yes and you know that that sometimes souls are locked even in other words uh, between lifetimes between lifetimes which is again not a good thing but sometimes these are even vows and contracts that souls make and somehow they don't know how to break them uh, for example sometimes people making vows I promise I'll come back for you you know uh, or I'll always be with you I'll never leave you sometimes those vows are really heartfelt sometimes that they they're taken beyond the 
that 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 vow should only if they're meant to keep it would be within that physical lifetime and again but anyway guys don't forget to subscribe like and uh catch me on facebook twitter instagram and again thank you so much for sharing this time with me and uh, if you have any questions again if you don't want to submit a true believer story you can send me a question at marlene at mymaghostchronicles.com and i will try to answer it at the end of each show and uh believe me i've got a lot of interesting questions that i can go over but if not it'll run to a really long show but uh, like i said eventually i will make a show just about something that that needs a lot more explanation that i've gotten a lot of requests for okay so take care you're all absolutely wonderful